This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. I'd like to do this on the Breakfast with Ben's podcast. Every time there's a major championship that rolls around in golf, we check in with my former co-host in Salt Lake City from Real Golf Radio, Brian Taylor. He comes on with us before every major championship. It's the Open Championship in England, the British Open for many of us here in the States. And Brian, this year it's taken place, let me see if I get this completely correct, at the Royal Liverpool in Hoy Lake, England. Now, is that Royal Liverpool or Royal and Ancient? Is there an ancient <laughs> associated with Liverpool? And what's the difference between the two? Well, the Royal and Ancient, the RNA, is the governing body that oversees the rules of golf over in, well, really for the world outside of the U.S. and Canada. The USGA takes care of that. So, um, yeah, but the, the home of the RNA and the Royal and Ancient is there at St. Andrews. And so, yeah, they uh, they give it the distinction of a royal course if it's in the rotation, I believe, for the Open Championship. It takes on a, a royal. So you've got, you know, I, I, actually, I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea how they royal them up, to be honest with you. <laughs> don't know how it happens for the people. Don't know how it happens for the course either, right? There's probably a, there's probably a sword involved, right? I mean, some, some of some sort. Something you gets know, dubbed. The shoulder. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's yeah. champagne that's cracked somewhere, I'm sure, or something like that. Um, all I'm reading about, though, when it comes to the Royal and perhaps not so ancient Liverpool course is this 17th hole. Tell me about the 17th hole and why everybody is writing about it and talking about it. Yeah, it's interesting. So they changed it. And for a golf course that has hosted a U.S. Open as far back as 1897, 
when you change a hole, I suppose it's noteworthy. And they they skipped it. The, the final three holes were kind of switched around. So this these holes would have normally been like, I think, 15, like 13 through 15. And now they're 16, 17, 18 or something like that. And then they redesigned this, uh, which is now the 17th hole, and made it a short little par of three. It's only about 138 yards and can play shorter than that. But it's really diabolical. It's 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 got runoff areas that fall into these nearly impossible pothole bunkers. And so the relative space to land a golf ball and hold it on the putting surface is, is pretty small and challenging, even from short distance, and especially with crosswinds blowing. So there's some people that suggest that maybe this hole isn't fair. I'll go with John Rahm's assessment. I appreciated his comments when he said, what's fair? Uh, everybody has to play the same hole, so you tell me what's fair, right? So, I mean, that's probably the best attitude because you can't really do anything about it, but there's certainly no shortage of opinions on whether people like or dislike that hole. Zach Johnson was quoted as saying, it sucks over here, it sucked over there. Talking about what you just discussed, it's former location. So, I think maybe, Brian, where people are coming from in this and they say it's not fair, it's because it can tilt a tournament because it's happening on the 17th hole. I, I think maybe the complaints seem to be coming from, well, if it was like the 13th or 15th, something like that, there's more time to come back, right? Well, that said, number 17 at TPC Sawgrass for the Players' Championship yep. is that very same thing, right? So um, when you look at a lot of the, the best or most famous, infamous, whatever you want to say, notorious par threes, you start thinking about the short ones, right? TPC Sawgrass, 12 at Augusta, right in the heart of Amen Corner. Now, give that one some credit. You do have a par five, very reachable. Two of them, in fact, still to play after the par three, uh, 12th hole at Augusta. But there's been a lot of uh, green jackets rinsed there in Ray's Creek when you you don't quite make it. So, um, yeah, look – it's it could be tough it could be a little circus like i think that's what people worry about where you could see remember john daly at pinehurst back in the day and he just kept putting it back over the green and back over the green he finally just hit it while it was moving similar to what phil mickelson did at shinnecock a few years ago so um you know you could see something like that happen to where someone gets frustrated and it looks a little bit like a like a a putt putt course I, i don't think they necessarily want that but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, the next hole is interesting, too. It's a 600-plus-yard par 5 that has in-course out-of-bounds, and they brought this in-course out-of-bounds line, you know, further out into the fairway, making it a really pretty sharp dogleg right. And I think there's going to be as much controversy about that because not only do you have to avoid it off the tees, which you're basically aiming at these deep pot bunkers in order to avoid the out-of-bounds. So you try to push it right to avoid the pot bunkers. Now you're flirting with that out-of-bounds line. And so that's going to make it pretty interesting, especially depending on the wind direction. And then even into your second shot, that out-of-bounds line goes all the way down that side, which is somewhat unique. And somebody could very well try to go for that green in two, needing to make up a shot, have it miss just a little bit, ride the wind, and be on the other side of that out-of-bounds line. And then that's a stroke and distance penalty. So effectively, it's a two-shot uh, difference there. So, there, yeah, those last two holes are not, not going to be pretty. Um, they also provide, depending on the wind condition and the shot you hit, you could definitely make up some ground and make a nice charge coming down the stretch. So the first three holes, by the way, the last two times the Open was, were played there by the winners, McElroy and Woods played, uh, I think they played those in about six over par and the rest of the um, holes they played in, you know, 18 under or whatever it was. So um, it's it's definitely a golf course that can bite you. Ryan Taylor, Real Golf Radio, with us talking about the British Open coming up this week at Royal Liverpool. All right, so Brian, 
Ricky Fowler all over the place. I keep reading about the connection between him and his good play of late, winning for the first time since 2019 recently in the tour. The fact that he finished, uh, was it second, I believe, in 2014. What are his chances? How do you feel about where his game is? Was that a fluke? Um, what about that sort of mystical connection of how well he was playing back the last time this tournament came through here? Yeah, I think there's always something to be said for a player that's performed at a golf course, you know, and it returns there for a championship. I think, you know, we certainly look at that every year at Augusta. That's the only one that's held in the same spot. So you take that into account. There's a lot of great players that just never really played well at Augusta. And there's a lot of great players that play well and never win at Augusta. So I do like that. I think, if it, you know, Rory McIlroy won. He's got to have some good feels going back there. And, in fact, it was the second to the last major he won. He would go on to win the PGA Championship uh, the next month in um, in Louisville uh, back in 2014. And then he hasn't won a major since. So it's going on 10 years, and, and that's piling up for Rory. But in, speaking of Ricky, look, he's in his career. Um, and, again, we talked about that tie for second that he had back in 2014 at Royal Liverpool. Um, since he was a pro, he's had nine top five finishes and 13 top ten finishes in major championships. And that is good, but also comes with the distinction that he's tied with Lee Westwood in both of those categories for the most of any player without a win in uh, in a major championship during that time. So that's, you know, you start talking about who are best players yet to win a major. It's both flattering and somewhat of a backhanded compliment to find yourself in that category. It means, hey, you're good enough to do it, but you just haven't quite gotten it done yet. And so he certainly is in that spot. I'll tell you what impressed me about Ricky. He was in the final group at LA at the U.S. Open. Didn't have his best stuff. He's been cha- – and then he comes on and he wins a couple weeks – was it the week? Week two later, right, at the Rocket Mortgage. And so – and you saw his reaction to his win. He just kind of took a moment and took a deep breath, looked up to the sky. People love that stuff, right? Finally. It was this finally moment. And, and when guys are learning to win for the first time, especially in majors – you see when they get put into the crucible of a final group, for instance, when they face that that test, it, it gives them experience. It gets them that feel. They start to understand how their body and their game reacts under that kind of a pressure. And I think it's the same thing when you're on your way back again. Ricky's got a new swing. He's working with Butch Harmon again. He's changed a lot of things, and now it's trust. Well, he can trust that he got himself in the final group. Yeah, it didn't get it done, but he can trust that a couple weeks later he won. And so when you start – you adding all of those things together, his his trajectory is in a good spot for him to to win again. There's no question. So I, I like his his his, his chances this week. Uh, it's, it's just as possible, you know, he could get a bad draw and end up in the worst weather conditions and and not be in contention. That's part of the British Open. That sometimes happens. But um, I do think going into it, if you're just comparing players, he's definitely definitely a guy that you want to that you want to keep an eye on. Ricky Fowler, a plus. 2,500 right now on the odds boards at Bet Rivers. That's within the top 10. McElroy is a co-favorite at plus 700 with Scotty Scheffler. Either of those two you like, Brian, or do you like a John Rahm maybe a plus 1,200 or uh, Brooks Kepka at plus 2,000, Cameron Smith's at plus 1,600, Patrick Cantley is a name I've heard a couple times at plus 2,000. Any of those Kind of I'm not taking. No, I'm not taking Cantlay. No, I don't think. I just don't. I don't know. Even though the guy is like Mr. Top Top Ten guy, just I don't know. I guess I got to see a little bit more out of Cantlay. Uh, Brooks Kepka. How can you not like Brooks? I mean, there's not a lot of guys that win you know two major championships in a year that aren't named Tiger Woods, but Brooks Kepka has done it. 
Um, so I, you know, I, I look at I look at Brooks and I think we again we just don't see him a whole lot, right? He didn't like LA. He said he didn't like LA, and uh, and he played like it. Now, did he say he didn't like it because he didn't play well, or did he just not suit his eye? And that happens in golf. But uh, Brooks has always said he likes Lynx golf. He likes the challenge, likes the creativity of it. He, he's he's back to showing us things like you know big game Brooks did back in the day. And so, I, yeah, I don't I don't see any reason why you couldn't look at a Brooks Kepka and and say there's a guy that I might take. Um, let's see what is his. Uh, I was just going to check his open record real quick. He's played in uh, looks like nine and he's got his best finish tie for fourth uh back in 2019 he's also got a pair of tie for six and another top 10 so yeah i mean look he missed the cut here i think this was the first one that he played in um but it was also a long time ago and he's a different he missed the cut last year by the way but he was a different player last year so i would i would kind of throw that out and look at the the middle body there you got you know six four 39 six and 10 there's a guy that's in contention and he certainly knows how to win majors. What's going on with Scheffler's putting? I know that's been a talking point. Yeah. So and, and how do the greens? Know. How do the greens lay out for a guy like him? Yeah, I mean, it, the, here's the deal with most of the the Lynx golf courses. They tend to putt a little bit slow, right? And so I, I don't know that putting is. I'm sure there's somebody listening that would give me a bad time about this, but I feel like putting is is sometimes more uh, precision is required with the putter more on American courses than, than link style courses. Now I'm sure we could have an argument about that and and there could be reasons giving that could change my mind. But when you think about the putting surfaces on the PGA tour, you're talking about the finest putting surfaces, pure, slick, fast, you know, get it online at, at these links courses, because of the they're made to be you know be played in extreme weather, they can't be as slick. They have to be a little bit grainier. They have to be a little slower, so that the balls don't just blow off the greens. And so, from the math standpoint, you have to take a little bigger swipe at it. So, I feel like you can maybe get away with without being as um, the greens, they don't break as much either when they're a little bit slower. So I guess I'm trying to say maybe there's some reasons to consider that the putter won't hold him back like it has maybe at, a, at Augusta or, you know, um, you know, when he's struggling with his putter on some slick U.S. Open greens or things like that. So, I mean, I know, don't, don't come out. I know he's got a green jacket. I'm just saying, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in, in his title defense this year, putting was a big deal. Finally, Brian, give me a dark horse. Give me a guy nobody's talking about that you think is going to finish in the top ten. Well, I kind of like – well, the thing is people are talking about him, but I, I really like Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, I mean, I think he's a ball striker guy that's got a good open record and has played in England. I think Justin Rose, if you wanted to go maybe a little further down, we may have done this on another one. I've kind of been in – Rose has been on my mind here for a bit and he kind of fits that bill of a, of a player that has a lot of experience. He's won a major championship in the U S open and he's, you know, he, he's home in England. Right. So it, it just, I don't know. Justin Rose comes to mind. He's been, he's been playing good. He's hasn't been like stealing the show, but he did win at Pebble beach. And so uh, I, I don't know. J- uh, Justin Rose is a guy that's uh, in my dark horse category for for sure. He's at plus four fifty to finish in the top ten, plus nine hundred in the top five, and plus 
5,000 to win the whole thing. That's a good one. Uh, the other guy I mentioned was Fleetwood, plus 225, top 10, plus 500 in the top five, and plus 2,500 in that pack with Fowler that we talked about before to win it all. Brian, thanks. As always, it's great catching up with you uh, throughout the course of the major championships. Thanks for doing it again this year, and we look forward to watching it this weekend. You got it. And, uh, thanks, Real, Sam. Real Golf Radio, find you on Twitter, right? Yeah, at Real Golf or at Real Golf BT is where you can find me. Uh, give me a follow and let me know what you think. Brian Taylor, Real Golf Radio. Teachers, administrators, and other school staff play an important role. Education can be a shining light, and it's really the equalizer for everybody. You are making a difference in people's lives, including your students. You can have a really bad day at school and still realize that what you're doing is making a bigger difference. We are the best profession in the world next to doctors, but even a doctor had a teacher. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing. <laughs> Works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. A supportive work environment can help everyone working in schools stay resilient. Just finding people that can reassure me that I'm doing my best and that there are people out there who understand me and can help me through these situations. You are not alone. Leaning on each other, uh, colleagues in education is, is essential. You have to. We take care of one another. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. That's cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. Teachers, administrators, and other school staff play an important role. Education can be a shining light, and it's really the equalizer for everybody. You are making a difference in people's lives, including your students. You can have a really bad day at school and still realize that what you're doing is making a bigger difference. We are the best profession in the world next to doctors, but even a doctor had a teacher. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.